to tell him he had a stroke. And uh, there's some things there that are being undone. They try to tell you, they, who are they? Those that speak for the world and don't speak for God. Try to speak to you about a different identity and a different destiny than what the Spirit of the Lord has said and what the blood of Jesus says. And I'm just in absolute disagreement with anybody that speaks something other than what God says. Now, we can be soft about it. I don't mind that. I'm not confrontational about everything. I just hate lies. I have never seen myself get so riled up as when I think a lie. The only thing more so is injustice. It, it, it's just something that, but I've learned to temper it more. Still need work. So that my flesh doesn't rise up. Because then it's, it's an even loss, flesh to flesh. I have to respond by the spirit. Because if I'm responding in my flesh to a spirit matter, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose ground. So we're going to be as calm as we can today. Uh, I pray to, uh, I'm listening for the Holy Spirit right now. Listening because this is an unusual type of task that I have today. And I'll explain that. I love your word, sir. It says that we enter into your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts, into your courts with praise in our mouths, in our hearts, in our being. We enter into the presence of God in joy, a joy that you have placed in us that is you yourself. And we, we, there's something going on with the sound. I'm getting too many messages about it. So I'm gonna interrupt my own prayer. And I'm going to just do this, okay? No, it's all right. What we're going to do is we're going to take this and erase it. Okay, there we go. And so prayerfully, um, y'all can communicate with the sound people and let them be known that that's okay. And just, just tighten that. And if we have to do anything else technical, then I'll just cut and we'll do that because I don't want to be interrupted when I start this. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the name that is above every other name. Again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for everything that heaven has given to us that is deployed to us in this earth to make it be in earth as it is in heaven. We are here to overcome every obstacle that would hinder us from moving in the things that you have told us to do, knowing that it is not in our own power or strength, but it is not by human might or power, but by the spirit of the living God. And your word is spirit, your blood is spirit, your name is spirit, it's all the things that you are. And you, your word says God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Who are flesh, it is our spirit person, the person that is born from above and alive to you and the excellence of your word. 
And I pray for transformation to take place in your people this day. Those that are here under the sound of your voice speaking through my voice, those that are watching us online or watching us on a replay or whatever it happens to be, that the transformation is a change of heart, a change of direction, a change of any and every program that we might have going on that would hinder us from moving in the direction that you have, a change that means from excuses or, or staying, in, as, as Minister Jury was saying, being setters. When you called us to point and to retrieve and to run hard yes. after the things of God, to manifest as the sons of God that we are. I thank you for those that have a heart to hear truth. And that even when it doesn't feel good to the flesh, the spirit man snatches at it and says, this is what we need to bring about our ability to overcome by the grace of God. Every hindrance, sickness, disease, so-called addiction, or any other thing. I pray that today we take an understanding of the grace that is on the inside of us, the spirit of grace on the inside of us that is there to rise up and help us teach us to overcome the things that we deal with the afflictions of our bodies or of our minds or of our lives the things that happen to around us or try to happen to us we have the grace he is present on the inside of us to destroy the works of the devil including those works that try to destroy us. We take our stand in your truth. There's no condemnation. But, oh, Father, that we will learn this so that we truly walk in this earth as the body of Yeshua Jesus. We walk as he walked because he walks in us. We're his body. We're his body. And his spirit that abides in us to lead us and to guide us and to teach us. Oh, but you don't force it. And so we're asking you today, teach us what we need to know. Teach us what we need to know. Grant us understanding, understanding of things that we think we know, but we don't really understand. And let the wisdom that comes from above move in us move things out, shift things around, settle what needs to be settled, evict what needs to be gone. This is the abiding word of God that is rich on the inside of us. And I pray as I stand before you and your people, Father, as I settle into your DNA, Lord Jesus, as I listen for your instructions, Holy Spirit, and yield and avail my tongue, my mouth, my mind, my, my vocabulary, my everything to you. It is in submission to you with a great gratitude for the power of your word yes. and the excellence of your presence and your majesty. I humble myself before you and before my fellow brothers and sisters here. I do not come at this with arrogance, which would be laughable because I don't know anything that I could be superior to people over with. Nothing would happen. We listen for your voice. I pray that our eyes are cleansed, our ears are cleansed, 
our minds are cleansed, our hearts are cleansed, our tongues are cleansed. Every part of us receives the cleansing that comes from the blood of Jesus. And even the memories of the yesterdays are wiped out by the power of your blood. Teach us about your word today. Teach us about you, you Holy Spirit. Teach us what we need to know. Not just so we know, but so that we have the intimate knowing that means it goes to work in us and in our lives to be everything that you have assigned us to be. This church, this family, those that are present, those that are out and about, but we'll catch this later. I pray for those. I pray for us all that we come into the unity and do not allow bitterness or wrath or judgments or criticism or any other work of the flesh to have dominion power over us. But we do take dominion and exercise it over all these things because that's what you put us here to do. Thank you, Father. And do we praise you and thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And you can be seated. All right. I've been tasked, um, welcome to those that are joining us live. I, I pray that I'm getting the thumbs up as far as sound is concerned. Thank you. All right. Welcome to those that are joining us on the different broadcast um, that we're using. And welcome to those that are present in the blue chairs. And welcome to those that will be in the blue chairs. And welcome all of the witnesses to what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to us today. I'm standing in the place of Apostle Baker, for those of you who, don't, who are used to watching this and wonder who is she. She didn't change, she didn't grow shorter and all that other stuff, right? Uh, I am Pastor Lindsay Lee. This is Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. Our Apostle, Dr. Baker, is on assignment in another city right now. And so we are her uh, protégés, her those that have been discipled, those that are being trained by her to be brought up to release the word of God at the same caliber without compromise and unflinching in the truth. Yes. And to say the things that are apostolically correct, not to try to take it into a different place. I'm gonna answer a question people might wonder, maybe you don't wonder, but or I'll say it and then you think, you know, I did kind of wonder, but I didn't think about it. What's it like? to be a pastor under an apostolic headship. When you hear as many of the times with correction that they talk about, uh, it's not the pastoral thing, and it's not the, you know, the touchy-friendly, huggy, group-huggy kind of, kind of environment. And, um, you know, what's it like when you're sitting there listening to that? And I, I have to laugh because I've never known that. You see, when, when Apostle Baker was was operating in the office of the pastor, she wasn't that type of person. The, the one pastor that I can say that I actually grew up under for a season, well, there were two others before I um, came into the, 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 church, the ministry, <coughs> the more than enough ministries, and the things that we were to do. One was, he was such a man of integrity he would actually stand and tell us on a Sunday, he would say, I taught this and this, and he taught it from a 
tradition because we had been Baptists and the church went out of the Baptist um, denomination, which started a big fight. I never see Friday night fights at the church like I see that day. <laughs> but um, I minister out and testify because we, we, you know, we were there. And it was, it was, it was not the point. But the pastor withstood. And he would stand in front of you when he had taught something from denomination, but he'd been reading the word. And the word did not agree with what he was teaching. And he would simply say to us, what I taught you was completely in error, and I must correct it. So I learned integrity. I didn't know, I, I grew up in a church, but at the age of 12, I ran away from church. And my grandmother caught me hiding in the backyard because uh, the whole thing was, you know, people of Southern um, background, when they say it's time to go, it's time to go. And since she didn't drive and she uh, was riding with one of the sisters, the good mother's sisters of the church, you know, this woman had a pedal to the metal kind of attitude in her car the way she drove. And they drive up, she drove, her husband sat in the passenger seat, and her mother would get in the back, and then I was supposed to get back there, and I didn't want to go. So I would hide in the backyard. One day my grandmother comes to the backyard and says, just don't let anybody in the house letting me know you ain't never been that slick, and you were not getting away with anything. And she never bothered me about going. And so by the time I was, in the terms of my testimony, when the night that I did call out, my grandmother had been praying for me. She was a warrior, it's true. Uh, but she was also a person that would read the Bible and read the Psalms, and she would pray all the time. And she she worried, she worried a lot. She talked to God, uh, you know, I'm concerned about the children, or I'm concerned about whatever it happened to be. But that particular night, there was just all kinds of angelic warfare going on on my behalf. And when I called her, because I was, it was, I've, I've shared this before, but it's, it seems to be necessary right now. It was get saved or die. There wasn't going to be any halfway measure. I'd met somebody that had the evil intent in his eyes, and I, could, I knew, even though I didn't know, but I knew that this man was not going to be good for me. And I, he was, there was just this strike, just this angelic strike that came about that I stood in front of a telephone booth. Some of you know what that is. It was a carousel phone. And I picked up the number. I had a calling card. Those of you old enough to remember that. It just meant you had your home phone number, area code phone number, and four digits afterwards that was your code to charge a telephone call uh, against your house number instead of having to carry quarters or dimes or whatever it was that you used. And so I used my card, which of course you know your phone number, you know your four digits, you got it, it works. And I did all that and called, and my aunt was not strung out that day. She wasn't doing drugs, and y'all called her Auntie Meme. And so I called her Auntie Ottery. And so Auntie Ottery uh, answered the phone, or grandmother answered the phone, and, and just told me she loved me, and Jesus loved me, and God loved me. And I said, yeah, that's great. Thank you. And then Auntie, but you know, I said it respectfully. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, okay. Auntie, maybe got on the phone, y'all said maybe, but she got on the phone and she said, uh, I know what's wrong with you. I said, you do? Because I didn't say anything was wrong with me. She said, yeah, I know what's wrong with you. She says, God is calling you and you need to answer. 
She said, I know, because he's calling me too. And then she disappeared for the next few years. <laughs> she did. She, she said no, and she went off into the drug world. And I hung up the phone wondering what it meant to say God is calling. It was like, I'm standing in front, it's funny. You're standing in front of a phone. You're on the phone. You're talking to somebody who tells you, oh, God's calling you. What? Interrupting the call? I, don't, I didn't know what it meant. So when we tell people God is calling you, you say, calling me what? Calling me where? Calling me why? And all those are very valid questions, which I pray we'll get to answer today. All right. So I went home. This is the night I got saved. This is actually January 31st was, is the date. And my mother, they had been called these, all these drunks that hung out with me. No offense to any of them, but they came over to my house to drink. They drank. And I wouldn't let them go because I told them, it's one thing to party in the house. It's another thing to have to go to a funeral. So you're going to stay here. Nobody drove. We all had bus passes. But you're going to stay here until you sleep it off. So I constantly in my apartment would step over people sleeping on my floor. Club buddies. People that you met in the clubs and, and things of that sort. So um, let me tighten this. Let's see what's up here. Okay. It'll be all right. Okay. So that night they called my mother. And my mother is, or something, something happened, because I didn't show up home after work, and I was pretty strict about, come home before you go to happy hour, unless you go to happy hour on Thursday. So, um, I came home, it was a Monday, and I came home, and it's like nine o'clock in the evening, and so I got all these people running around looking for me, wondering what's going on, all right? And so it's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I, I wasn't fine, but I was fine, and I walked in my room, and. My mother is on the phone. They're like, here, talk to your mother. It's like, you have got to be kidding, all right? And she says, you know, are you ready to be saved or something, she said to me. I, I really don't have a recollection of that. She probably does. Yeah, all right, so let's pray this prayer. And we prayed it again, same prayer, every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, every Easter. Dear Jesus, please come into my life. I prayed that prayer so many times. But this particular night, it stopped. It stuck that night, okay? January 31st is my born from above birthday. The year is not really necessary for you to know. <laughs> but I was in my 20s, okay? And so I've never walked away from him since that time. But I have been in the different things as the minister uh, talked about this morning, I sat for a long time. I caught on quick. My first year as a Christian, uh, if you've read my book, you, you know about it. Hold on, this thing has to be pulled a little more. Okay, let's try this. All right. My first year as a Christian, sounds like a story, was pretty dormant. I went to a traditional church. A lot of things that Minister Dury's talking about with the folks sinning and stuff. They, there were a lot of folks that amened a lot of the stuff that the pastor said, except for when he talked about their particular sin. And they didn't say nothing. Okay? But they were very blatant about the fact that they were living, I mean, living in, in, in sin and, and doing all the stuff I did in the world. So I thought, okay, that's cool. Problem? There wasn't nobody there for me to do none of that with. 
So I was thinking, well, I don't know about this, but okay, I've committed. Here was my commitment to God. I'm going to, now that I've received, I didn't know that I received Jesus, but I knew I prayed the prayer. I really was ignorant of all of the different things. But I've made a decision, and here's what it is. I'm going to be good. <laughs> I wasn't that bad, but I was scandalous. And I'm now going to be good, which I don't even know what that meant. But it was, you've heard me say, I went on the behavior modification Christianity plan. I became a good Christian. I also became a good hypocrite because the good Christians I knew were good hypocrites. And I moved into things and teachings of traditions of men that prohibited me from hearing the truth of the gospel. I'm a survivor, if you will, overcomer of the very things that the, the minister was talking about, about this man in his 70s that were crippling him. Thankfully, I was still enough of a hypocrite um, to recognize it, and I had seen it in the nightclubs, the guys that invited you home, but told you that you had to leave because they had to go to church because they were deacons. Mm. So I thought this was just what the church world was like. Until the day the pastor stood up there, the one this is when they did not amen, and he said that fornication is a sin, and if you're not married, you shouldn't be having sex. And I thought to myself, that's got to be wrong. <laughs> nope. Who ever heard of such a thing? Why would God care? I didn't know about holiness. I didn't know about sanctification. I did not know. I'd heard these things. But again, sanctification meant people that wore long, women that wore long skirts and all black and no makeup. That was sanctified. No, it wasn't. But I thought it was. Okay, saved was those same people. We didn't want to be saved. Because then you'd have to dress ugly. <laughs> the men were sharp. They had the shiny shoes, wore those suits, certain suits and ties and stuff. I mean, they, they were looking good, and the women were walking along behind them, looking like, well, we found this at the bargain basement. You know, the outskirts of it or something like that. There was a lot of hypocrisy in terms of tradition. And so my first year of Christianity was tradition. And it was trying to be good in the midst of all this. And then when I heard that you weren't supposed to have sex outside of marriage, I thought, well, now i got to get married. And then I was in a church where there were no men available. So it became a back burner thing. Then my mother and her mummy switched churches and started going to a place in Mountain View. That's where I met the man that would become my brother. Okay. And she said, we need to come to this place because she had been hanging out with Reverend Karen and a bunch of crazy people and had learned about praying in tongues, and which means that the Baptist said, you got to go. So off they went. Now we're driving, whereas we only had to drive six minutes to get to church or something like that. Now we're driving uh, about 30 minutes to go up to the city of Mountain View to go to this little church on School Street. It was actually a escuela, but School Street. And to go into this place where they're, they're kind of Baptist, but they're not Baptist like I've seen before. 
And the man of God starts preaching about obeying God and, and this and this and this and this and all these different things that are kind of foreign to me. But because, again, what the man of God said this morning, he was speaking the truth. I kept coming back for more. And so that was the time that I took my walk with Christian experience to become saved, or at least to join the church, because I was saved, but again, I didn't know I was saved. I didn't know what I was saved from. I didn't know why I was saved. But in that church, I began to learn. I'm not going to tell you I was the best student, because I really wasn't, but I started grasping concepts. Which means that what my mental state, intellect, did not connect with, my spirit was being fed. I am saying that to you to let you know what you do not understand naturally, that's good. Hallelujah. But what you will grasp by the spirit, spirit to spirit, is what is necessary to bring us into the fullness of what God is talking about with the tabernacle and the patterns that we are to walk in the pattern of the tabernacle who is Jesus Christ. Even when we take communion today, it will be a, a spirit, it is always a spirit to spirit connection. It is a part of being priest of God and being immersed in the blood of the lamb. It is the remembrance of what he did. The smell of it is to be in our nostrils at all times. We should always smell the blood of Jesus. Now that's radical. I get that. But on the inside of you, it's like, why would I want to smell it? To do this in remembrance of everything that I have that I did not know that I had. And you can say, well, when I was saved, I knew immediately and I knew this and I knew that. That's a great thing to know. But do you still know? In the sense that you walk in it in every area. Is the blood of Jesus so powerful in your life that sickness and disease runs from you? That poverty would not dare to try to camp out. That fear and doubt and unbelief have no place to settle on the inside of you. Because if that's not so, and I know the answer is no, then we have work to do. And even whether you take it in a glass, you know, uh, the way we do, the way that it's served, or you take it in those cute little cups like this with the styrofoam thing, okay? Um, regardless of what it happens to be, it is still a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. The spirit of God talking to the spirit of man to bring us out of every captivity and to put us in to the places that he has for us to be. Are you interested in this? Yes. Last week, I think it was, week before, I was talking about the patterns. And we were looking at the patterns of the folly of leaders that follow the wrong pattern or the, the wrong model. I have a lot of scriptures that I, I did not give them. So let's go, I want to go ahead and cover these uh, slides very quickly to use it as a foundation, and then we can get to the other part. So you can go ahead and put them up. I don't actually have them in front of me. Let me pull them up myself. Um, so the first thing that we know, of course, is that, well, you know that, but keep going to the next one. I want to do the other prayer covering. 
Um, I don't think you have the right slide. The first one I want to do is for, is for January. The first thing I want to do is, and if you don't, it's all right. Father, I thank you this morning, this afternoon. We thank you for the power that you have given us in your name. And I thank you and I praise you for the protection over every person that comes under the sound of your voice, speaking through your vessels. I give you praise and I give you thanks for the wonderful things that you have done in Diana Candler, or Deanna Candler. I thank you for what you have done, what you have already done in Curtis Northern, yes. in Constance Jimenez, in every single person that's in this house for every person that is a part of this house and for those that, that we come in contact with that you assign to us to release your truth and your word in their bodies. I thank you and I praise you this morning, Father, for the power of the blood of Jesus that we release into every blood vessel, every cell, every, every sinew of their body, every brain tissue, part of tissue, every particle of their makeup that we release the truth of God, which is spoken through the blood of Jesus, that we release this into their respective bodies, into the body of our apostle, into all of the New York people, into all of the, the, the um, Missouri people, and all of the Southern California people, and all of the individuals around the United States of America, all the Texas people, all the people that have come to join to be a part of what we do. We praise you and we thank you, the North Carolina people. Father, every, every state in the United States of America and outside of this country, the Canadian people, all of the individuals that you draw to this ministry, that we are able to release the word, the engrafted word of God that is able to save their souls and that it penetrates into the areas where there have been wounds, where there has been stains, yes, where there have yes, been pain, yes, yes. where there has been torment, where there has been darkness, where witchcraft has tried to camp in, where sorcery has tried to camp in, where, where migraines have tried to camp in, where stresses have tried to camp in, where demonic entities and assignments against them have done a work. We release uh, the power of the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the truth of God into those places and we challenge the inroads, we challenge the invaders, the, the, the trespassers with the truth of God. We challenge the lies that have tried to camp into bodies and tell people what is wrong with them with the truth of the voice of the blood of Jesus. And we praise you and we thank you for the standard of truth that stirs something on the inside of their spirits, stirs something up on the inside of them that is uh, separate from a physical emotion or feeling to bring about the knowledge of the truth that rises up on the inside, the seed that is planted, that is nurtured by prayer, by tears, by words. Remove the yokes of bitterness. Remove the things that have caused them to be hindered. Remove the word curses. Remove, remove, remove by the power of your blood, by the power of your name, by the power of your word, all of which is truth, all of which is you. We release this into every atmosphere, and we ask you this morning for the strategy to break the back of this thing that requires individuals to walk in fear and to walk under mass and to be hidden from the truth. We ask you for the strategies that you want to release to the ecclesia all across the nation to turn this thing around. Not only yes, do we ask, yes, yes. but we receive it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I come against 
everything that would come against the people of this house. I speak under the apostolic authority and also release the, uh, the pastoral mantle and and the abilities of the intercessor, the authorities that you give that all come by the presence of the abiding spirit of the living God on the inside of us, on assignment to us, sending us out to say what you want said. I speak to barren wombs this morning in the name of Jesus and I call you fruitful. I say that you will grow that which God said and ordained that these children will come forth even in the midst of a time such as this. I speak to the barrenness of, of, of individuals in their finances. I speak to the barrenness of the souls that have been decrepit or that have been sadly lacking in the truth of your word concerning their healing, their wholeness, and their identity. And I release the power of the word of God to be able to fill up those dry reservoirs. The living word released, flowing out of my belly, living water into those people, into those places, into every single one of us. And the power of your blood that never stops flowing into the mines, into the darkened places, into the areas where the entrance of your word has now begun to bring the light that is necessary to move them out of the traditions of man and into the power of God. And I thank you. I praise you for your truth today. We praise you. We thank you. We worship you. We give you honor for being the, uh, allowed to be the bearers of the true light. Let it be released from us and into the lives of others. Yes, yes. I have great expectation of the miraculous taking place in the individuals that on the agenda of darkness, they're slated from sickness and disease and misery, but according to the voice of the blood of Yeshua, they have been redeemed from that. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Heaven's economic, okay, heaven's economic culture and God's pattern for intentional kingdom living. Let's go through these really quick. So you understand from what we're talking about that our point of view is from the heavenly vantage point. And you see that in the word that it says we are seated in the heavenlies. We are seated in Christ Jesus. We don't just have a seat um, any old place. We are in someone. We are in the one that sits on that throne next to, on the right hand of the, uh, the throne of God. We are seated in him with a vantage point, the ability to see things from the strategic viewpoint instead of seeing things from the natural understanding. We have looked at our country. We have looked at our circumstances. We have looked at one another through the wrong eyes and therefore have gotten the wrong picture and have messed up many things that now the power is present to heal, to bring about the change that the Lord wants to bring into our lives so that we are not only on track and on time, but ahead of the curve of the things that are happening. Praise you, Jesus. Yes, glory to God. And this happens by the power of God and through the blood of Jesus. That's going to be the last part that we talk about. But I, I, I sense that I need to get this part there. But I do want to put this out there right now to under, so, so that you hear. You see, because the blood of Jesus speaks. And it's talking. Mm. 
all the time. We haven't heard it, but we're going to hear it. We're going to listen for the sound of his blood speaking into our eye gates, ear gates, top of our head, bottom of our feet, our hands, our hearts, our minds, our wills, our emotions, every place that his blood has, has wanted to speak to let us know that that's part of the pattern that you are to have is to continually recognize you are cleansed by this blood yes. and the power of yes. his spirit yes. is present to work alongside of it to redeem your time and the lives of those that you care about. When they talk about the church is rising up and this is our finest hour, this is the stuff that we're talking about that got us to that hour. Glory to Jesus. This is what the need to know intel. So they say, well, they're going to turn you off of this, and they're going to turn you off of that. Well, we're turning them off, too. That's fine with us, because we're speaking a language they don't understand. You don't stop the voice of the blood of Jesus just because you turn them off of Twitter. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. You're banned from Facebook. What's your point? I have a network to speak through that you don't know anything That's about. That's right. See, there are things that are said by the Spirit of God that do not require social media. Mm -hmm. And it's time we started talking. Yeah. He said, don't be moved by what you see. Don't trust what you see. Trust what God has said, what God has spoken. So he's saying, my little shortcut, speak spirit, not flesh. You speak too much flesh. Would you, would you acknowledge that? You're speaking too much flesh. How do I, because it's about how you feel. I'm not denying that you feel what you feel. But if God didn't say it, you don't have to feel it. Here's the thing. We're praying about ending a certain thing. I'm not going to mention what it is right now. But on the prayer call I was on last night, as we started praying and asking for the strategy, we recognized that it was like a, you know those, um, uh, they call them lazy Susans, but it's the, it's the movable uh, serving thing. They put on the middle of the table. Most of us know them in Chinese restaurants because that's when they pass everything around. But, and it moves around so that you can have whatever dish is there. Well, I believe that there is a way, a pattern in the spirit realm where we're all asking for the same strategies because but we all are getting the peace that is strategic to us. I've worked in government where there was a need to know. Need to know meant that that you, whoever gave you the assignment was the only one that needed to know what you were doing with the assignment. Mm. You did not discuss it, even if, you, if you're, and I remember when I worked on a spe, um, um, one program, uh, under the NASA program, that my, the person I was hired to work for introduced me to his boss. And then he told me, in front of his boss, you work for me. If he comes to you to ask you how the progress is going, you send him to me. You don't answer the question. Yes, it's my boss, but I'm your boss. Need to know works on that level. And I said, okay. So that was my training, if you will, um, into being in, in those places. And so what I get is what happens by the spirit, you speak spirit. You speak spirit to spirit, even when it's an unholy spirit. You speak the spirit words of the king. Mm -hmm. You always respond to the world with what God says. That's right. 
You always respond to circumstances with what God said. You always respond to your feelings with what God said. You always respond to your body with what God said. You always respond in your relationships with what God said. You always respond to the circumstances of the world with what God said. Even when it doesn't look like God's voice is being heard, God's word is released. And believe me, he will be heard. Do you understand? This is part of how the blood of Jesus continues to speak. So he said, speak spirit, not flesh. Because, here's a quote from Dr. Baker, Apostle Baker, what is an idol? It's anything that I do not allow to be examined by the word of the king. Anything that I say, no, that's, God doesn't need to be a part of that. No, he can be out of that. No, I can deal with this one on my own. No, I can take care of this one. I don't really need his help. Then you have just said, this is a part of my life that I don't let you in. I already know what to do. The doctors already told me what to do. The people at the bank have already told me what to do. The lender has already told me what to do. This one has already told me what to do. Therefore, I don't need to hear from God. I'm going to protect this part of my life. I, I, I have to answer to this family member. I have to answer to this. I've got to answer to this. And the truth of the matter is, you only answer to God. Even, what, well, are you talking about, Pastor Lundin, when, when it's something that's happening here in the ministry? You're still answering to God. All we are is vessels. We're vessels. Right. You get that? We're carriers of the presence of God. We're supposed to speak to each other according to what he said. Not according to, you know, this and that and the other. And even, you also have to know, and, and we're going to pull this in at a certain point, which is how to correctly read your Bible and to know which part is being spoken concerning Gentiles, which part is being spoken concerning um, the church, if you will, and which part is talking to the Jews. Is it just this hour in which Mike's this boss? Because I never have a problem. Okay, whatever. All right. Um, it's important to understand that even if you, when you read the Old Covenant, or what we refer to as the Old Covenant, that you read it in the light of the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Because the scripture tells you that Jesus has fulfilled it. He settled it. And in fact, he met with the law and the prophets to make it known that the kingdom has come. And that was when he had that, what we call the Mount of Transfiguration, when he met and they saw him with Moses and they saw him with Elijah. He saw him with the law and they saw him with the prophets. I like the way Dr. Miles Monroe said it. He said, he said to them, thank you very much. You did an excellent job. It was very appreciated, the things that you've done, but now the kingdom has come. Good job. Enjoy your rest. Because it's a different era, a better covenant, not requiring the sacrifice of bulls and goats anymore. Because one lamb was sacrificed for all and satisfied the requirements and began to answer the cry of the blood of the righteous that had been slain. Even in Revelation when it talks about their voices and they're asking when, that vindication, you know, I, I really do see how John saw all the times 
He saw all the times. He saw the history of mankind. He saw it unfolding. I don't know if he got to witness the day that God was hovering over the earth and he spoke and said, turn on the lights. I don't know what he got to see. He didn't even fully understand it. How about I just try this? I'm on number 13. Okay. So an idol, anything that I do not allow to be examined by the word of the king, how do I change that? I choose to, I just change it. You know what? I haven't let you look at this, but look, we have a, a situation in our house where we knew that we're gonna be making some changes. Um, everybody seems to pretty much know now, but um, my daughter is not gonna go back to college and finish on the ground. She's gonna finish virtually. So she'll be gone for a few days and then she's coming back. And so it was like, yay, this is great. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. We prayed about whether or not she should do this and we got the answer and then immediately I went into planning mode without bringing the king into it thankfully we didn't expend any money we didn't do any of that but we found that he has a different way than what we were thinking and so we're following a different we're following the pattern that is actually connected to a strategy that God knew we were going to do that we didn't know let me explain that. Every time you get an instruction from God within the packet, <clears throat> think of it as a bouquet. Within the packet of a bouquet, don't you get the little thing to preserve the water, to preserve mm -hmm. the stuff? Okay. Within the packet of the plan is everything that you need to sustain it. He gives you not only an instruction, but he gives you the how to assemble. If you've ever put together anything thinking I don't need the directions because this is easy and then it didn't work because you did need the directions and you've never seen the thing before, you just got it out the box, you thought that you assembled it to look like what was on the box but it didn't turn on or it didn't do this or it didn't do that because you thought I, I, I don't know the manufacturer, I don't know what they did but this looks easy to me and I'm just able to figure it out but you omitted one little piece that wasn't necessary or didn't look like this or something was backwards or what have you. And you found you had to go back and you have to delay what you were going to do in order to figure out how to get the thing to work. Well, we almost blew it like that, but we did it because the spirit of the Lord, because we did go back and pray, we were quick to say, wait a minute, he didn't say to do that. This one, the instructions say what he said. And that he didn't say it, you don't either. And we found, I found, it was really me, that I was speaking words. Uh, you need to uh, switch the uh, slide. They don't see the one I'm talking about. Um, we found that I, me, you know, the holy brilliant one, was um, saying things that God did not say. Making a plan that God didn't make. Are you with me? Yeah, it's that necessary I don't mean that you've got to tell people okay I got to pray and fast for 24 hours before I decide if I'm going to 
you know, pick up a packet of Kool-Aid at the store. <laughs> okay? That's not what we're talking about. As much as I like bacon, there are days he says, don't eat it. So you don't. You say what he said. Get this. This is very important. This is a pattern. This is the pattern that Jesus walks in us. If he didn't say it, you don't say it. So that means there's a lot of things that have been said that are going to have to be unsaid. Don't go calling people, repenting for all the thoughts that you've had about them and this, that, and the other. Please don't do that. You will create a mess. That's right. What, what did you say about me? Because there are those, you know, I just want to call and apologize for what I was saying about you. Well, what did you say? Well, I didn't really want to tell you. Then why, how am I supposed to accept your apology if you can't tell me what you said? Oh. See, that's going to cause a problem. Because as soon as you tell them, they're going to be that. <laughs> and then you're going to fight. So don't do it. Just start forgiving. And I understood now, too, why we're told to forgive ourselves. The reason we are told to forgive ourselves is to loose ourselves from the condemnation we're holding ourselves in so that the truth of the word can get in and we can get free. they have a complaint or a criticism about it. Right? Which says, you're probably out of order yourself. Which is why you find fault. Come on. Yep. At least it's worked that way for me. 
Every time I had a problem with somebody else, it was because of what I wasn't doing that I was supposed to. How do I know? I wasn't obeying. I wasn't forgiving. I was not abstaining from judgment. I was not abstaining from strife. I was not abstaining from offense. I was not abstaining from, I was not overcoming those things. I was allowing myself to be overcome by my emotions in which those spirits work. Demon spirits work in your emotions. Yes, they do. They're assigned to them. They're assigned to have you poor mouth yourself. They're assigned to have you poor mouth everybody else. Demon spirits, spirits of witchcraft, divination, they work through your words. It's not all these little incantations and getting the blood of a this and that and pouring it in a cauldron and stirring it like Macbeth. <laughs> I mean, they do that. There are those that are crones and whatever that will gather and do those things. The demons do in the spirit. But no, what causes it to happen is that your words have power and resonate on the frequency, whether the light of God or the darkness of the world, to go and do what? Words are spirit. They go someplace to manifest. They have to find a landing place. Are you with me? Yeah. So the words that you speak are always looking. Huh? You think Satan, yeah, okay, literally, yeah, sure, roaming back and forth across the earth. But he, when, when he's seeking someone he may devour, he's listening for words. Listening and trying to smell. Wow. What does he want to smell? He wants to smell the decay coming off of us. He wants his own smell. He's attracted to that. Like flies are attracted to death. Satan, the Lord of the flies, is attracted to wherever he finds death working through us. Despair, self-pity. I know people have been fighting discouragement. I know that there are prophets in the land that have been you know, having to do or say or whatever it is that's going on. I know there are many people that are in the body of Christ that are having to determine whether or not they've ever heard God. I've had to ask that. I say, you know, because I, I'm finding I don't know you. I don't know things about you that I believe I've hit the place where you want me to know. I'm not alone in that. And so if I'm going to follow his pattern, then I'm going to see his glory. And meaning that things will flow out of me that he had always ordained should. Because I'm following his instructions and he hastens over his own word to bring his words into visual eyesight. Manifestation is what? The truth is seen. And that's what the slide says. The truth is seen. This is manifestation. Okay? Say it. Manifestation. Manifestation. The truth is seen. Krista, you need to change that one. Okay. The truth is seen. Now go on to the next one. The battle is won and the victory claimed from the place of truth. We talk about breakthrough. It's important that we talk about breaking through. But you have to understand when they tell you the world says, well, the power is within you, and they're talking about nothing. They're talking about demonic impressions. But it's the word of God. When the word of God, the abiding word is in you, then the power is within. When the spirit of the Lord is speaking the word to you and I, and we're responding to it, the power is within. The ability to overcome as he is made 
known to us as who he is. He is the spirit of grace. Grace, among the other things that it is, is God's power to overcome the obstacles that are set up before you. It says to me, if a certain sickness or disease has come upon you and you come through it speaking the word of God, yeah, you might have gone through something, but you got something that 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 um, you can put to work. You have the uh, power to overcome. Apparently, because I'm talking about the blood, this is fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, awesome. Here we go. One more. to say, oh yeah, the anointing is so strong, I'm just charging the things. But he may be. Yeah. All right. The battle is won, and the victory claimed from the place of truth. So when the when you come through something, you came through people who, in the body, that have overcome C-19, they're not supposed to be walking in fear. You have the power to overcome. You have just great, it manifested the grace of God, you overcame what somebody else said with this or that was going to happen to you. Now you pray yeah. for those people yeah. that have been afflicted yeah. because you have conquered it. Now release and give to them, comfort them with the comfort in which you have been comforted. Hallelujah. You overcame cancer, you got an anointing to destroy it. If you have not yet overcome, this should give you hope that you will overcome. Come on. Because, and how do you overcome? Go ahead and start praying for the people even when the thing is on you. Go ahead and start praying for other individuals. Like, look, I know I'm being delivered. Because my deliverance happened at Calvary. Actually, before the foundation of the world. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. The next slide, please. This is very to the point of where I'm going to spend the rest of the time. Can I have the communion glass, please, in the other step up here? Because I'm going to point that. And we're going to look at it from something that is uh, pretty simple for us. We're used to taking communion. Um, it's something that in this particular house, we do it all the time. I do this every day. And I was on a prayer call the other night. We were on the San Jose prayer call. Thank you. We were on the San Jose prayer call. And um, there were some symptoms of things that were happening. And so before we hung up, I, I was we were praying for other people. And then I believe it was, I know it was, Frederick spoke up and said, hey, this applies to you as well. And then he said, and so when you get the chance, you know, afterwards, you know, if you haven't taken communion, you go ahead and take communion. I'm like, I take communion every day, but, <laughs> but let's just arrest the pride there. Um, I'll take it again. And so it just led to everybody on the call saying, let's just take it together. And I think I knew that there was this attack um, because I did overcome asthma Though they try to tell me that I have it. I said, no, I don't. And the, so the symptoms were trying to come upon me. 
And I'd already said no, but when the man of God said, you need to take communion and we all took communion, do you know the stuff left? You know why? Because every time we take communion, and you know what, when I ask you, you know why, I, I don't know if you know or not, it's an expression I use more so. And sometimes when I say it, you know why? I'm like, you know, Lord, I don't know the answer to the question either. So before I could say why, I'd like to know myself. <laughs> you know why? Because <laughs> otherwise we just leave the question hanging. And then I go, well, I don't know either. I was hoping somebody was going to raise their hand, right? Okay. <laughs> Let me know if you know, all right? But the reason I'm, start, I'm really starting to learn this is like, oh, I'm on a quest. I was almost sorry it was Sunday because I was like, I want to just get in this word. You know, because I, I feel like the feeling you always get once you start reading and studying is, man, I'm so ignorant. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. That's how it feels. That's a wonderful moment because it means that we're going to go to Holy Spirit school. And he's going to take us through the scriptures and Jesus is going to speak and the Father is going to speak Amen. through this word. Okay. But this is what happened. This is speaking. And when you take communion, what do you think is happening? The blood is talking to the things that are going on in your body. Spirit to spirit. It also, how come it can affect the flesh? Because the body was broken. Because the body was broken, kind of like a capsule being broken open, and what was in it spilled out, what was that? Blood and water, so they speak, and the Spirit gives witness to it. We're going to go over that again and again. So the blood of Jesus is speaking through us right now, to us, about us within us, around us, in the atmosphere. When, the, when bro, uh, my brother there was sharing the story, the blood of Jesus was speaking through the tithes. The, brother, the blood of Jesus was speaking through the rites of the tither. The blood of Jesus was speaking through because he's a priest, because of the sacrifice. The blood of Jesus was speaking because of the call upon his life, because of the prayer, but also because he had raised up intercessors during the day that had the authority to pray and to speak and to declare and to decree, and people that were obedient to him. The obedience of others can affect your life. Our obedience affects the lives of others. Yes, 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 yes. And still the blood speaks. So what are you saying about your life? Okay? The answer to the question is what God said. Okay? Issues of life, torments, disasters, uh, predators, creditors, whatever it happens to be. The blood of Jesus speaks for this. I heard one teacher say that the Lord told her, he said, my blood took care of that. My blood already took care of it. You know, you griping and, and, and swiping and, and, and sniping and whatever it is that you're doing. You're worrying. Mm -hmm. 
But my blood already took care of that. You hear it? <coughs> what are you saying about your health? What the doctor said? Or what the blood says? The blood speaks. The blood of the, the body. Leviticus 7, uh, what is it, 17.11. It says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And so blood speaks to blood. His blood speaks to your blood, speaks to the um, impurities in your blood, speaks to the lack of iron, speaks to uh, the, the, the malady, speaks to your blood. And when we get the smell of his blood in our nostrils, it changes the way we look at everything. Yes, 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 yes. Are you catching this? Today I'm giving the overview. I told Dr. Uh, Apostle Baker, I said, I'm going to do at least a four-week series. <laughs> I am. It parallels with the tabernacle. All right. It will, it will really. You see, because the, remember the priests in the tabernacle? There's a lot of blood there. This is what it started to getting me to realize. Wait a minute. Now, he says, we're kings and priests. Now, he has made us to be kings and priests. Well, the priesthood. What did they do? They were there for the sacrifices. And as the apostle reminded me today, or let me know today, and they had to stand. They didn't get to sit down between services. <laughs> they stood. That's right. Wow. The blood was in the atmosphere. Bulls and goats and the smell of blood all over the place. And I was like, okay, they must have had more than one... Uh, costume change, if you will, because that's a lot of stuff to get on you and to handle it and to do this and dealing with this part and this part and this part and all the time, then the smoke is going up and it's, you know what you're like when you have a barbecue. <coughs> the smell, the smoke, the stench and then the, the, uh, the living blood and then the, the, the rest of it, the cooking blood, it's all in their nostrils. They can never, ever get away from the recognition of the, of the, of the salvation of all of the temple. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, we're changing again. They could never, ever get away. They could not get away from the salvation message. This sacrifice does this for you. This is a goodwill, free will. This is a heave. This is this. This is this. Slaughter the, this takes care of. This does this. Now, the blood of bulls and goats could not bring salvation the way that we know salvation. But what it could do for them was to say, God has something coming. And where we are in this, when we do this, is to let us know he is involved and engaged in every area of our lives and the smell of it. Their, their beliefs, when they brought the sacrifice, why do you take the sacrifice? Because we're bringing it to Yeshua, or, or to uh, Yahweh. We're bringing it to him because He, we want him engaged in our lives. 
your priest in this time, the smell of the blood should never be Taking communion every day keeps that there. But the difference between what they had to do and what we do is that the blood sacrifice has already happened. We're smelling the life of the blood. Leviticus says the life of the flesh is in the blood. We're smelling the life of, um, that he has given us through his blood. Your healing is in his blood. Your wholeness is in his blood. Your resurrection, ability to be the comeback kid, is in his blood. Your wholeness of mind, your relationship healings, is in his blood. The smell of this, your power, is in his blood. Do you see what I'm saying? Your future, your wealth, your health, your life, your circumstances, his blood. I'm fond of saying God's got a word for that. And the blood has a remedy. It is the remedy. And the best part, it's prepaid. It's prepaid. We're going to talk in future uh, about the characteristics and the nature of it. But I want to get to um, this other part here. Um, we get to... Do a few things. Let me let me just read this one. Okay. It says that God wants us to understand something. And we've heard our apostle talk about this, Minister Dury talks about this, and and uh, but and it's it's spoken of throughout the land. There's a lot of things that go on outside. There's a lot of danger. It's funny that light back there has to be fixed. It's flickering on and off. And you know, in certain areas, you look and go, okay, the light's flickering on up at the signal of some kind. And I'm thinking, yep, it's just telling you, listen. Listen. Listen for my voice. Yes. Listen for what I have to say. How do I listen? I read what you said. And then I listen to what you say. Don't get away from this. Don't, don't get into such a spiritual experience that you ever believe that you don't need the written word of God, please. This is our mainstay. And make sure you have a, a real one, one that you can hold and turn the pages to. Let the DNA, let it, let it be a blend that yours is all in it. Your fingerprints are upon it. Your tears may even be on the pages. That you worship from here, that you give thanks from here, that this becomes your source of everything. People go, but I don't know how to find my way through it. It's like, if you've ever moved into a new town, you didn't know how to find your way when you first got there, but you learned, didn't you? Yes? Yes. It's a new town. That there are directions. There are instructions. Okay. Did you know that in truth, you are only what God says that you are? That's important because it means that you're capable of understanding. You're capable of believing. You're capable of receiving from him. 
that's what the blood sacrifices taught them that we can receive we have assurance they didn't have maybe their trust was in the sacrifices what really the trust was in the fact that when we do this God has already obligated himself to do what he said their sacrifices or the things that they did one of the things that made it true for them the understanding that he always always keeps his word Communion tells you that he always, always keeps his word. Because it's the remembrance of the greatest promise that the Father has ever made to his creation fulfilled. Fulfilled. He really did it. It's not a cracker and grape juice or... Um, pita chips and, and non-alcoholic wine or whatever we take. It's a fulfillment of a promise and it will keep the smell of the life that you have been given in your nostrils so that you're not just sitting and you're not walking in ignorance. It opens up your capacity to understand because the blood of Jesus touches your mind. It touches everything that is about us. See, again, in truth, you are only what God says that you are. You're only, in truth, what he created you to be. Regardless of the things, the afflictions, the, the temporary circumstances, because it's all temporary. What's eternal is what he said. What we go through is temporary. And we can, by his power, put a stop to the things that plague us. Do you have any proof for that? Book of Exodus. God put a stop. God put a stop. God put a stop. Yeah, but didn't he bring those plagues upon them? He just called their gods out. That those, those, as you most of us know, that every one of those plagues that came was God's response to those demon spirits that they were believing in. Every single one of them. And the one thing that those two wizards could not do. They could emulate many things. But you know what? They found they couldn't really fake the healing. They couldn't really fake the power. They could not bring up their um, conjuring up and show that their power was superior to the power that Moses and Aaron brought into Egypt. You may be confronted by many manifestations of demonic power. But the truth is, is that the power that lives on the inside of you, they cannot overcome. Though they try, they cannot overcome. What 1 John 4, 4 says, that you are of God, children. Yeah. Little children, he says, and the greater one is in you. And greater is who he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's not just something to say. That's something that you've got to release into your own body. You have to release it into your mind. You have to release it into your tendency to want to go back and find your old sin and pay the price for it. You can't do it. Only what God says about you is true. In this last slide, Everything else is a counterfeit. It's a lie. You got that? Yes. 
to, according to Isaiah 59, it talks about how the enemy comes in like a flood. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the Spirit of the Lord it will raise a standard against him. But a flood comes in to, uh, to drown things out, meaning that it will want to quiet the voices that you're supposed to listen to. And the sound of water in and of itself is a very big sound. A, a, a big amount of water rushing in, flooding in. It carries a ominous sound. And what happens with a flood is that you start thinking about what you've lost. You start thinking about the damage that's being done. You start thinking about uh, being wet, not having anything dry. You start thinking about this and then more of it comes and it's unrelenting. It's wave upon wave upon wave. And yet God says, but I know how to pull the plug. It's a distraction. I mean, it's a reality if you've got to deal with it. But what I'm saying is that what circumstances try to train you to respond to them and not listen to God. Spirit trains to pay attention and be obedient to what God has said. I'm coming back to this communion. If you have the when you have the smell of his blood in your nostrils. You recognize that even in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a, of, of a flood, in the midst of a fire, in the midst of a turmoil, in a nation, in the midst of all of these things, there is a blood that has been shed, Amen. that has a voice yeah. that I need to stop and listen for because it will speak. There is a strategy that will be released to turn things around. But we're going to have to listen to the blood. You with me so far? Yes. These things are out to do da um, damage, and we use our own efforts to try to stop water or this or this or this or this. And it's like, it's greater than you, but there's a greater one in you. It's not greater than him. That's right. Okay. So he says... That the standard is Calvary. <laughs> if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men after me, right? But also, I'll draw them to me. I will call them out of these circumstances. I have no fear of drowning, and I don't know how to swim. But I don't have fear of drowning because he's got me. I'm not going to do stupid things. But if something should happen that's out of my control, I don't have to fear. And I will only be able to default to that because I have the smell of blood, his blood, in my nostrils. I'm a priest, so I should be familiar with the smell of the blood of Jesus, of the sacrifice that was made for me. His blood testifies of the truth that God is greater, that God's plan worked, and that every plan that God has works. God has a strategy for the 21st century and for the year 2020 and 2021, and they're on until Jesus comes. God has a strategy. There's a lake of fire that's prepared for one that thinks that he's really just strutting the walk right now. But God is the one that's eternal. Some of us don't believe that. 
because we've been too caught up with what we've seen and how we feel about it. Let that go. Because that's not truth. That's not what God said to do. That's why you have to determine, am I going to take this word or am I going to reject this word? Am I going to let him in or am I going to keep him out? The pattern of Christ, the pattern of the tabernacle is to yield to the greatest one. Greater than great, greater still is how that word great is defined. Great, greater still, ever increasing, never failing, never floundering. That's who we belong to. He says, there has to be a personal application of the blood of Christ in our lives in order to stem the tide of spiritual destruction in our lives. We have to take this personally. What, what happens to you in the world? No, what Jesus did. Take it personally. Take it personally. I read where one teacher, he was saying, the quality of the sacrifice of Jesus and the quality of the sacrifice of his blood is such. This is where they get that teaching that they say, even if you'd been the only one, he would have done it. He said, because God has the ability to make what he's done so personal to you that it feels like you were the only one. <laughs> and he can do the same thing for multitudes at the same time and have each one think, it's like I was the only one. His ability to include you to the degree that you feel that special that you recognize his love for you in those moments. Yes, we know he loves us all, but in the moments that you come into the intimacy of his love just for you, as though you were it, then you have come to begin to know what it's like, what Jesus has always said about, I know my father loves me. We have then the exclusivity of the love of the Father for all, including me. And in this moment of my life, it feels like especially me. That, if you've never experienced that, it's yours for the receiving. Through the blood, he says through faith. He talks about the sprinkling of the blood. They talk about sprinkling and putting it. Moses put it over everything in the tabernacle. You understand? He put it over everything in the tabernacle, over the furniture, over the this, the this. Well, we're that tabernacle, and he puts the blood over every your mind, your will, your emotions, your eyes, your tongue, your neck, your feet, your hands, your uh, all parts of you. The sprinkling of the blood over every bit of furniture, over your heart, over your lungs, over your mind, over your um, brain. Where they say there's a tumor, they say there's a stroke, or they say there's a this, or they say there's a that. But there's a sprinkling, a giving, a spreading, a releasing of the blood of Jesus in those places that causes you to be covered and renewed and restored and rescued. Amen. Everything that he has done for us is for, is speaks. Through his blood. His blood says on your heart, no, they beat for me. It says to your lungs, no, my breath is on the inside of them. It says to, to your hands, no, they straighten out because I've called through these things. These hands are to be laid on others. Your feet, no, they're no longer crippled. I've called them to walk in the places, on the high places. The blood speaks and says, no, the tumor must be, must, 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 must until it's not. Because I have already borne that. It was shed with the crown that was shed 
direction. I'm here for direction. I'm here to dissect from you everything that is not of me. Everything that I took for you, I take it now. You take me. And the reason many of us fail in that is because we don't take it. You've got to take it personally. This is for me. talks about the Passover. You say, when I see the blood on the Passover, but I, I want to just give you this, and you can go ahead and get communion ready. It says that in Revelation 12, that we overcome, or they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. But you know why the blood comes first? Because then we are witnesses. A testimony is what a witness gives. This is what I've seen the blood do for me. This is what I've seen and this is what I say. I say that the blood did for me what God said the blood would do. I say that the blood has done for me and in me what God says is what the blood says it's doing. I say what the blood says. That's how you overcome. You speak <laughs> what the blood said. You oh, speak yeah. what the blood says. You speak what the blood says. This is my body, which has been broken for you. This is my blood, which has been poured out for you. Why? So that you will have eternity with me. So that you are redeemed and ransomed and taken away from the darkness, from the eclipse of your soul. This is what the blood says for you. You are alive forevermore. You are raised up in places where they thought that you were dead. You are brought back to life when you thought that you wouldn't make it. You overcome in places where they said that you would not overcome. When sickness and disease comes upon you, put my blood upon it. You have not answered the circumstances with the blood. But when you get it in your nose, when you get it in your mind, when you get it in your hands, when you have it on your clothes, when you have it on the inside of you, when you recognize that this is the blood of the tabernacle, this is the blood that God called for. When you recognize that this is the blood that gave me a life I didn't have before, you will see the changes in the atmosphere. You will see, world, as we release the power of the blood of Jesus, as we release the power of the word of God, as the spirit of God gives witness and testimony to the water that was poured out, to the blood that was poured out, to the word that has been released to the overcoming of darkness that he has decreed. You will see that the salvation of God is no joke. Thank you, Father. The animals didn't have the power to cleanse you. You will receive your cleansing in every area that you allow the blood to penetrate. Penetrate and cleanse my heart in the places where it has been faulty. Cleanse my heart of everything that has been coming against it. Cleanse my mind of the thoughts 
and even the openings or the secretions where I've been wounded or allowed the words of others to affect me. Cleanse me from the communications or the people that I have kept company with that were corrupting me or bringing about a dirtiness that I have felt. Cleanse me from the dirt of the past. Cleanse me from the memories of what I used to be. Cleanse me because that's what you came to do. This is what the blood is saying. I'm here to cleanse you, to relieve you, to, to remove these stains from you forevermore, to heal the wounds of your heart and your soul. We honor your blood, Jesus. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. We praise you. We praise you, we praise you, I praise you, we praise you. The basis of our power and authority over all the enemy is the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony is the belief in the blood of the Lamb. It's our belief. I believe that the blood has done what he says. I believe that this is why you shed your blood. I believe that this is outpouring this for me. I believe this. I believe you, I believe you, I believe you. I believe that your word says no weapon formed against me shall prosper because it cannot overcome the blood of Jesus. Remember in Exodus that God told them to do the thing, put the blood on the post of the doors. And he said, and when I see the blood, the death angel would pass over. Passover, that was the beginning of Passover. He keeps his part. Their part was to put the blood on the doorpost. Do you understand? If they didn't put the blood there, then the angel did not pass over. So the, for the thing that we do that activates this protection on a whole nother level is we allow the blood to be in place to speak. We have to do something. That's why I keep saying, take it personally. Take it personally. This is not just a cup with what it has in it and a, and a cracker or a pita chip in your hand. This is a remembrance of a covenant of someone that loves you so thoroughly that he said, when I, I delight to be broken for you and I delight to pour out my blood for you and I call you a priest, I call you out of the ordinary and the common into the uncommon place. This moves against, this is the standard that moves against the enemy when he comes in. This communion becomes so important to us. The priest ministered in the evening, in the morning and the evening, so twice a day. This meal, not because you're getting ready to go on a two-week fast and you think, well, thank God I can take communion. But because I want my body to begin to resonate with the voice of the blood of Jesus. I get the opportunity to let the, the blood sing in my veins. 
to let it rejoice and to be establishing the pattern that I have been called to live as one in the tabernacle house in which God resides. This is an overview, and I didn't get that far. It's like we would say, the scripture says, as you're holding that uh, element, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, where he said, I die daily. I die every day. And we talk about, I died to the flesh and, 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 and this thing. But he also says in another place, always carrying about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? So that the life would also uh, come forward. Um, we always carry this about. Let me see, where do I want to go? Second Corinthians. We, having the same spirit of faith, uh, no, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in us. And so I started to see, he's saying, because my body is always going to testify he died for me. I carry that as one. As one of the redeemed, my body carries the memory of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, which meant that all of the sicknesses and diseases and the curses that tried to bring me down, to kill me, that there is already a death that has happened. The dying of the Lord Jesus Christ's body, remember that. So you are no longer penalized by the, the wages of sin or you are no longer subject to the law of sin and death because of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I carry that in my Woo! body. I will not Woo! let my body forget. You don't have to be sinned because he took it. I bring it into my remembrance. This do in remembrance of me. I'm taking it for you. I'm taking the hit for you. I'm taking the sickness for you. I'm taking the poverty for you. I'm taking the torment for you. I'm taking it. Carry that memory in your DNA. This is not the dying. Jesus might be made manifest in our body. This is 2 Corinthians 4.10, one of the most important scriptures you ever need when you're taking communion or when you're experiencing anything out of order in your life, physical, emotional, whatever. 
I always bear about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus because that way the life, the life of my flesh is in his blood. The life of Jesus, excuse me, might be made manifest. The truth will be seen in my body. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I take. We take in the
and I speak to the people that are watching us, those here too, if need be. If you have not yet received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your owner, your Lord, then we invite you to do so. We speak forgiveness to your, you for any word you may have spoken against us or anything else so that the light of the gospel will enter in and give you the opportunity to hear the voice of God and the voice of the blood of Jesus calling you to the place to let him become a part of your life, to let him cover you, to let him protect you, to let him redeem you, to let him resurrect you from the deadness of your life to come into the kingdom. And I speak that to every individual under the sound of his voice speaking through me that is a part of the body of Yeshua but has been floundering in the turmoil of religious practices to come out of the darkness and let the spirit of God resurrect you what you did not know that you have that you will come into a knowing where you walked around not knowing you were saved not knowing you were redeemed not knowing what he had in store for you that this day knowledge wisdom understanding and the granting of the spirit of the Lord enters into your life to raise you up from where you've been to put you on track and we release this to you today from an apostolic house where the heart of the apostle still the heart of an evangelist still beats in her heart and this is what it is you come into the house of God to learn how to live, but we will come to you in the streets, in the highways, in the byways, or by way of media to tell you that this God we're talking about is like nobody you've ever heard of, but he knows everything about you, and it's your time to learn what you don't know. And we release the blessings of God. We say that if you're giving seeds or sowing or doing any of that, that you're welcome to do so. The information is there online, and if not, they can put it on the screen. Um, we're praying for you. Yes. We're praying for one another. Yes. We're praying for our nation. We pray for everyone. We release the love of God to you, the peace of God, the power of the name of Jesus, the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of the written word of God to you. We release what God has put in us to release to you today. And we thank you so much for joining us. Tuesday is movie night, so we will not be live. Wednesday, we will be doing, um, I was going to call it Biblical Solutions for Life, <laughs> Kingdom Conversations. And then we'll be back next Sunday for Biblical Solutions for Life sessions one and two. We love you so much. Get in touch with us, 408-945-4439. If you need to know how to meet Jesus, how to be saved, how to be transformed out, or call or contact us at astoundinglove.org. That's the email. Contact us at astoundinglove.org. We are praying for you. We want your calls. We want to help you. And if you are a part of this house and you have never really joined yet and you, we have not yet met you, you know where you belong, get here. We release this to you. In the name of Jesus, thank you so much. On behalf of Apostle Baker, Minister Gary Foster, Minister Albert Walthall, Minister Daniel Lara, myself, Pastor Lindsay and Lee, and the entire congregation of Astounding Love, Global Church Fellowship, and more than enough ministries, we bless you with God's astounding love. Thank you so much. See you next week.